Hello everybody, I'm Sean and welcome back to the Croc Time Podcast, delivering weekly updates on markets and geopolitics, providing you with valuable insights and unique perspectives on events and trends shaping the world. Welcome back to episode 5 of this 5-part series on African coups. Be sure to check out the previous 4 episodes which went into great depth on the topics surrounding the recent increase in coups on the African continent. Today's episode will put these coups into a broader perspective as the continent is afflicted by bigger and more complicated crises. These military coups, left and right, are part of a massive political crisis which we will explain today. Economic stagnation and the current geopolitical situation will also be discussed as well as the prospects for Africa going forward. Ready? Great, so let's cut to the chase. To start things off, let's quickly look at the most recent surveys by Afrobarometer, a pretty reliable African pollster. It found that 28 of 36 countries feel they are heading in the wrong direction. At the same time, only 38% of people have expressed satisfaction with democracy, the lowest point since 2014. In 24 out of 30 countries, approval of the idea of military rule has risen since 2014. But what are the reasons behind such widespread discontent? To put it simply, countries are frustrated with their broken democracies, where governments are not providing security nor prosperity. It is no wonder that the country's young population is looking for radical change. The idea of a strong man that can at least provide security is very appealing given the desperate situation. African governments are good at locking up opponents, but they are not able to stop their own citizens from being robbed or killed. Mounting chaos throughout the years with the expansion of conflict and violence is justifying these military takeovers. Every new military regime has gained support and has vowed to improve security. Whether they have managed to do this is another question, however. Instability and violence are increasing to countries which aren't used to it. Jihadist groups are expanding southwards from the Sahel region towards countries on the Gulf of Guinea coast. Togo, which has been ruled by a dynastic dictatorship, the Nasingbe family, since 1967, is facing significant jihadist insecurity. 140 people were killed since July of 2022. ACLED, a conflict tracking group, rates Nigeria as having the fifth most extreme violence globally behind Ukraine. The Nigerian political class has continued to fail its people, election after election. They live in well-guarded mansions and gated communities and are completely out of touch with their people. Turnout in Nigeria's election in February of 2023 was only 29%, the lowest ever. Its average age is 17 years, and most of these youngsters don't remember the military dictators from the second half of the 20th century. This is the reason why they would happily trade their flawed democracy with a crime and corruption-bashing strongman. Lawlessness increases support for populists and vigilantes. The murder rate in South Africa is among the highest in the world and rising. 
People don't even trust their own police force. The private security industry in South Africa is booming and unprecedented growth is expected in the next few years as they expand throughout the continent. In South Africa, the industry employs over half a million people. Wars are also expanding and afflicting more countries. Sudan's terrible civil war continues, and even though Ethiopia's war in Tigray has ended, tensions in other regions could spiral out of control. Economic stagnation throughout the continent is worsening the political crisis. Extreme poverty is on the rise, as population growth has outgrown the economy. Real GDP per person in Sub-Sahara Africa was lower in 2022 than it was 10 years ago. Households and governments are struggling with inflation, which in recent years has destroyed spending power. Food inflation is also a grave concern. Government debt has risen substantially in recent years, and the ability to service that debt is becoming harder and harder. 17% of government revenue will be spent paying interest this year, a multi-decade high. Debt defaults are on the rise, and debt restructuring is becoming increasingly complicated. In fact, the emergence of lending by China to African countries has made it harder to restructure African debt. It took almost three years for Zambia to restructure its debt. Its president, Hakainde Hichilema, warned the West that African democracies need to bring results or they will continue to disappear. He argued that you can't eat democracy. Emigration in all of this is becoming an increasingly appealing option for many people. This explains the growing number of Africans heading towards Europe. But let's take a deeper look into Africa's democracies to understand the political crisis. In the 1990s, many African countries evolved from a one-party to multi-party system. However, most countries are just democracies on paper. In practice, they don't have any resemblance to a normal democracy. EIU, the business intelligence unit of The Economist, classifies only the small island of Mauritius as a full democracy. Pretty sad if you think of it. Sitting presidents have a 90% chance of winning re-election in the continent. What is even sadder is the significant presence of old leaders who continue to maintain power decade after decade. Cameroon's president, Paul Biya, is 90 years old and he governs the country from a Swiss hotel on Lake Geneva. He has been ruling the country for over 40 years. Cameroon's average age is 18 years, so Paul Biya is five times the average age of his own country. The longest serving leader is 81-year-old Teodoro Obiang, president of Equatorial Guinea, who has ruled his country since 1979. Museveni in Uganda is turning 80 next September and has ruled since 1986. Most of these old leaders are trying to push their sons to succeed them. Museveni's son has been in the spotlight in recent years for the wrong kind of reasons. 
He often complains that his dad should resign and give him the top job. As a top general of the Ugandan army, he once threatened to invade Kenya on Twitter. He actively supports Vladimir Putin for his invasion and praises Donald Trump, describing him as the only white man I have ever respected. In October of 2022, he publicly offered a hundred cows as a bride price for Italian politician Giorgia Meloni, and he threatened to conquer Rome if it was refused. And this person is supposed to lead the country in the next few years? Absurd, right? In other countries, abuse of power is rampant. President Minangagwa in Zimbabwe just won a very dubious election by intimidating and undermining the opposition. His entire government is deeply involved in gold smuggling. To find out more, I highly recommend Al Jazeera's Gold Mafia docuseries. Countries across Africa are extending or eliminating term limits altogether. The Central African Republic and the Ivory Coast are recent examples of this. Macky Sall in Senegal also tried to do this, but violent protests forced him to pull back the idea. People are also worried about political parties becoming entrenched in politics and literally capturing the state. The ANC in South Africa is the clear example of this. Between 2009 and 2018, President Jacob Zuma in South Africa looted state institutions. The current dysfunction of the country's grid and transport system is mainly his fault. For these reasons, we can all see that many so-called democracies in Africa are just phony. Sometimes power is handed over peacefully, such as in Kenya, Zambia, Liberia and Sierra Leone, but these remain the exceptions and not the norm. Other times, rulers allow the opposition to run, but ensure they cannot win, as was the case in Zimbabwe. Let's now look at the greater geopolitics. Given the growing multipolarity of the world, geopolitics has become much friendlier to autocrats. If Europe or the US now refuse to cooperate with African autocrats, send aid or ship arms, Russia, China, Turkey and the UAE are happy to step in and fill that gap. These powers have increased their influence dramatically in recent years. The West's hypocrisy is in full swing. France's France-Afrique is now over after decades of blunders and meddling in the continent. Now, once a new military regime takes power, Russian flags are waved everywhere. I find this especially hilarious considering that Africans complain about France's imperialist aspirations while forgetting that Putin's Russia does the exact same thing. The African Union, also called the AU, is too weak to be effective and is controlled by Africa's old autocratic leaders. In the past, if the AU suspended a country, it would be diplomatically and financially isolated. Since Russia and China have become more influential, military regimes are able to ignore the AU and look to them for diplomatic cover. 
Just look at Mali and Burkina Faso. They literally jumped into the arms of Russia. The AU's no-coup policy is now a relic of the past. Imposing sanctions has become extremely harder. What is the point anyway? They would just strengthen anti-Western sentiment and join the Russia and China club. The US under Biden is also an interesting case study as they are actually managing to win points while maintaining their popularity in the continent. Following the coup in Niger in July of 2023, the US kept its mouth shut and its drone base in Agadez, Niger, is still operating with its 1,000 US troops. France, on the other hand, complained and wanted to support an ECOWAS military intervention in Niger. French troops were of course ordered to leave. Now that we got all that out of the way, we can certainly expect coups to continue for the foreseeable future. It is kind of like a cold. It is very contagious. There are certain countries, especially in Western and Central Africa, where coups are definitely more likely to happen. Some countries will likely remain immune given their strong institutions, such as Ghana and Kenya, or strong leaders with significant regional influence, like Paul Kagame in Rwanda. I'm sure many leaders in Africa, especially those in authoritarian countries which haven't brought any prosperity to their people, are very worried. Cameroon, Equatorial Guinea and Togo immediately spring to mind. Equatorial Guinea's oil-rich boom is a distant memory. The country's oil production has fallen off a cliff and its GDP per capita fell from almost 20,000 US dollars in 2012 to 7,500 in 2023. Chad could also be sucked into the mix given its strong pro-Western stance. Russian disinformation campaigns will certainly incentivize coups throughout the continent. Countries which are already seeing protracted conflicts could also be on the list of likely suspects, and the Central African Republic and the Democratic Republic of Congo are prime suspects. Even in countries where coups have already happened, such as in Mali, Burkina Faso and Niger, other coups might be just around the corner. Southern African countries seem to be a bit more isolated from the instability. Namibia, Botswana and South Africa look less likely to face coups. However, each of these has its own set of growing internal problems. Angola, Zambia and Tanzania also don't look like likely candidates for now, as they have been largely immune from instability and violence. The risk is certainly much higher in Nigeria, the Ivory Coast, Uganda and the Republic of Congo. Given the trends in economic growth, governance, corruption and violence, we can say that Africa's future prospects look very bright. Some countries will certainly get a boost from exporting commodities, such as Namibia, given its large offshore oil discoveries, but most countries will likely see their fortune fall. China's recent spree of lending has fallen off a cliff in recent years, and the number of coups in the region has worried many foreign governments. So far, the new military regimes have had a tough time governing. 
Internal challenges are top of mind as violence continues to expand. Emigration is likely to increase as economic conditions will not keep pace with such high population growth and violence will continue to spread. Instability could spill to northern African countries. Just look at the mess Tunisia is in at the moment. Egypt and Libya aren't faring much better either. While I do hope the situation can improve, recent developments have demonstrated that things can get much worse before they get better. This is it for the African Cruise series. If you have any questions or want to talk about Africa or anything else, please do reach out. I'd be extremely happy to talk. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Croc Time. Please leave a review and follow me on Instagram and I'll be back next time with more insightful research.